This is the Mini Market Podcast. Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. We've got a really exciting special episode for you guys this week. It's a midweek pod. Thanks for hanging on a little extra long. We, uh, we're doing a big MLB Twins opening day podcast. Insert the horn sounds there. Uh, that's just a note to myself for later. Connor, I'll toss it to you first. How are you doing just in general? It's been a while. Pretty good. Excited to be back on the pod. But as some of you may remember that I'm still out on this season. So while I am participating in this podcast and I'm going to give it 110% because that's what I do, unlike the front office for the Minnesota Twins in the offseason. Don't wow. say that too loudly. They're out there cooking up a trade as we speak. Chris yeah. Paddock, starter from the Padres, looking to be headed to the Twins. Let's go. Chris Paddock Felique, I can hear the nickname rolling off uh, Dick Bremer's tongue now. Um, Dalton, how are you feeling in general? I'm feeling great. This is like second Christmas. This week is the second best week out of the year. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so we are recording this podcast on Wednesday night. It looks like the opening day may have been pushed back to Friday. Uh, Twins will start their season on Friday due to weather. I mean... It's just part of baseball. We know it, right? Are we sure yep. it's not to accommodate our podcast? If this comes out on Thursday, just squeeze it in right before right before that opening day? Kind of a I, twofer. Yeah, it is a two for the people. I, uh, I had a conversation with uh, Levine, and uh, he kind of just, he was like, all right, we can make this work for you. Um, but we'll get into a little bit of the meat. We'll, we'll start here uh, reflecting on what last year was. Uh, 2021, around this time, the Twins came in with really high expectations. Um, and as we all know, it did not go to plan. Uh, injuries compounded an already flawed roster, uh, and the record showed it. Twins finished 73-89, and 89, dead last in the Central Division in 2021. After a lot of people, ourselves included, did have them to win the central, to make the playoffs, to possibly win a game in the playoffs. Um, so 2021 was, to put it mildly, not our year, right? So underwhelming. Yes. When you go back, and <laughs> that look was really at, nice. We we put out a blog before that season, like a group blog with our projections. I was actually the least optimistic of the crew when we projected win totals, and my projected win total was 89. I was like, I don't, I can't quite get to 90. We were so optimistic. Like that, so we optimistic. were 20 plus wins off. Bad, bad, bad. Well, I mean, you got one of the numbers, right? Maybe it was just a transposition error. Somebody put it in the yeah. uh, win column instead of loss column. Uh, we'll just blame that on the editor. Uh, probably why the blog is now debunked. Uh, we didn't have very good editing. Uh, Dalton, that was also a solid mini. That was like a mini pat on the back. Just a little, just a little just pat a on the little. back. Yeah. That's good. I've got to have those. Um, so in 2022, the Twins are looking to kind of flip the script, potentially. A lot of analysts do not have the Twins winning the Central. Uh, a lot of them don't have them making the playoffs. Most have them finishing somewhere in that 20, like 15 to 25 range in the MLB. So no expectations, essentially, for the Twins this year. But the front office has been active this offseason, to say the least. They've added some new faces, a little new life into the organization. Guys like our favorite, Carlos Correa, Sonny Gray, Chris Archer, Gary Sanchez, and Gio Urshela. Urshela? Nailed that one. Uh, so, who knows? I mean, it, it could be a lot of different things this year. I think that's what makes baseball so exciting in general. It's just this big, long gauntlet in front of us, but we all feel like we've got our knapsacks full of gorp. That's grains, oats, raisins, and peanuts, folks. For the hikers out there, they know what I'm talking about. Uh, we got our we got our laces tied tight. We're ready to climb this mountain, boys. Um, so, opening day, as we said, is right around the corner. Can you feel the buzz? Can you feel the energy? My basement right now, it's electric, electric stuff. Um, so this podcast is going to be fully dedicated to kind of unpacking our feelings and throwing in some predictions for the 2022 Twins campaign. So we'll start there. 
We'll start with expectations. I think it's important to define expectations before a season starts. I think we did that with the Timberwolves, and I've got to say it's helped me as a fan quite a bit. It's helped me get through tough losses like they had last night against the Wizards. Our expectations were fairly low for the Timberwolves. We were just looking to get into that play-in game. Uh, And having a defined expectation keeps us from getting greedy. So hopefully we can do something similar here with the Twins. Dalton, let's start with you. Let's define success. What is a successful 2022 Twins season look like to you? I think going into the last month of the season, they need to be in contention for a playoff spot. I think we need to be excited and have a realistic chance of looking down the barrel and seeing the Twins in the playoffs. Because I think with the splashes they made this offseason, they brought in Sonny Gray, giving away a young prospect. They brought in Carlos Correa. They're looking at a potential trade for Chris Paddock. They signed Chris Archer when they could have given that fifth rotation spot to a young guy if they really wanted to develop him this season. I think for me, it's a playoff berth. I think I think it's it's looking down and having the chance to get a playoff berth. That's a successful season for me. I think we're we're past the the development stage. We've still got Buxton, Sano, Kepler, Polanco. We've got that core of guys who two years ago we thought this is a this is this is our window. This is the next six years for us. So I I think anything less than a legitimate shot at making the playoffs in the last couple of weeks of a season is a failure. A failure. Um, I think that's a great set of expectations, Dalton. I think that's fair. I think you're saying you want to see them on that in the hunt graphic in September, right? That's what you're asking for? Exactly. And that means there's that means we'll get to watch meaningful baseball through the dog days of summer into September. It's not going to be August 1 and we're 18 games back and I've got to watch some Joe Schmo going out there throwing against the Kansas City Royals on a Tuesday. Like I I want I want to be looking at the standings, baby. I hate to break it to you, but I think you're still going to be seeing that a little bit at some no, point. No, 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 baby. Season. It might be, it might be the Royals, but we're gonna have, we're gonna have some big dogs on the mound. It won't be Joe Schmo. It'll be Joe Kelly. Maybe <laughs> big trade potentially. Who knows? Joe Ryan. Um, Connor, I'll throw it to you. What are your expectations for the season? <laughs> I think like it, this is a hard question because I think. I'm going to end up being less optimistic probably than the group for this team this year. But ironically, I think my standards are higher. So riddle me that folks at home, uh, try to keep up here. I think that the Dalton hit on it a little bit. Like to me, expectations are like success would be making the playoffs. I know that's crazy because I've been dogging on them for not getting pitchers. I think it's going to be really hard for this team to make the playoffs as it's currently assembled. But the point for me of like measuring success is like exactly what Dalton said. Like we have Correa Buxton's not like, I wouldn't say Buxton's like young anymore. Like he's in where he should be in his prime. Max Kepler should be in his prime. Sano LOL should be in his prime. Polanco should be in his prime. Like we're not one of those teams that it's like, hopefully we compete this year. And then next year we really get over the hump. Like we're, we're on the hump, or if if not, we're on the backslide of the hump, in my opinion, right now. So like, either we got to re kind of reconfigure what we're doing here, or we got to like win now, in my opinion. Which, you know, you look at the lineup, and you know, you see like Bucks and Correa arise, Sano, Polanco, Kepler, Gary Sanchez, Kirilov. Like that's not a terrible lineup, in my opinion. You know, it's like a little bit up and down. Like. I, I don't know what the exact order is going to be. I'm not a huge Gary Sanchez fan, so like I don't love that. But a lot of that order is solid. But then you go to the rotation; it's the same thing we've been talking about. It's just not it's not a playoff rotation. So if they can upgrade that, I think they they'll have a chance, a better chance to be at, in the playoffs. And pending Kent Maeda coming back and competing well when he does get back in the starting rotation, that'll be enormous for us. But I think this team. Where it's at developmentally, like this is either postseason or bust kind of thing for me right now. And not that we're blowing it up after the season necessarily, but to me, it's like we got guys in our prime. We need to win now. Okay, so we've got to be in the hunt. We've got to win now. Connor, I do hate to break it to you, but I think you need to let the Kenta Maeda thing go for this season. Uh, His earliest expected back is mid-September, right, Dalt? And 
to expect any type of form from him this season is probably unlikely at best. So I don't know if that dampens your expectations so further. I misread because there I misread an article that said Kent Maeda and Randy Dobnek, and then it talked about the sixty day DL. But that's like I think Randy Dobnek has a legit chance to come back after that, whereas Kenta does not. So that makes more sense. I still I I think I'm not changing expectations because it's it's kind of the cards were dealt. Like Kenta would help, obviously, but like we have to go get at least one pitcher or two if we're being competitive. And if we're not, then we're not even trying to win. So again, that's just frustrating from a fan standpoint, right? I think as Twins fans, our baseline, like we were sort of hoodwinked by the 2019 season to think like, Mm -hmm. where is the baseline for this team's potential success in terms of like win-loss records? So the Twins won 101 games in 2019. There was the Bomba squad. We had, everyone was going crazy. But the AL Central that season was so bad. The Royals only won 59 games. The Tigers only won 47 games. The White Sox were 72 and 89. Like when you're playing that many bad teams, that's like an extra like six, seven, eight wins for the Twins team. And that was a season where really everything broke right for the Twins. So like even in like an awesome sort of like we won before we were expecting to win season, they were probably only like a 92-ish win team. And they had a much better rotation that season. So like I I think that season sort of set the standard of like, oh my gosh, now we have this awesome core. We're going to be like a mid-90s, 100-win team season going forward, that was probably an overachieving team, whereas now we have a worse rotation but a similar core. So I think we need to like adjust our expectations where we're still thinking back to that Bomba Squad team of like same core, we won 101 games, but really it probably wasn't a 100-win team. And the yeah, AL Central is a lot better now. And I think it's magnified by you had, I think, three guys have career years that year all at the same time, which it doesn't always happen, but you had Polanco, Sano, and Kepler kind of all going off at once. And then you add in uh, Nelson Cruz doing big things too that year. So that is a good point, Dalton. But the fact remains like that core is our core and we do have like have to ride them a little bit regardless of whether we not whether or not you believe 2019 was real. Yeah. I agree completely. I was going to say like 2019... I don't think that alters how I view the team at all. I don't see them as a 101-win team. But if you go back to 2017 and you tell me that in 2022, we're going to be hoping to like be in the playoff picture, I would be like, that is extremely disappointing with what we have in like, you know, in our farm system at that point. So like at some point, we have to get to the point where our core is good enough to carry this team into the playoffs, not to be a 100-win team, maybe not even be a 95-win team, but to win 90 games or... 88 games and get into the playoffs. Like I, I think that that expectation is realistic for the twins fan base. If the front office like takes things seriously, like that's always going to be my contingent. Like once they sign a guy, you know, if this does go through with paddock, it's like, okay, we can kind of start relaxing on that a little bit, but I just, I can't get over the fact that 2019 aside, this team should be in their window to win because of where we've progressed our, you know, our, our key players. And so, you know, Buxton's healthy this year. That changes a lot for us. Um, but we, if we find a unicorn or a rainbow, that's also going to be impressive too. So they're all equally um, likely, I would say. If Kepler hits 252 with 36 bombs again, my expectations way through the roof, baby. Mid-90s wins. Through the roof. Don, let's, let's just talk about it right now. What, do you, what can you tell us about Paddock, this potential trade so Paddock, he's, he's a young pitcher. It's kind of a weird deal where he's only 26 years old. He was a rookie in 2019. So he really only has two full seasons because he had that weird COVID season in the middle. He was, he was electric in 2019. He was like rookie of the year contender. He threw almost 200 innings, 3.3 RA, really good off-speed stuff. And then he just like, for whatever reason, hasn't clicked the last few years. So he had a 3.3 ERA in 2019. Then it fell to like 4.7, 4.73 in 2020. And then again, took another step back last year, ERA over five and his strikeout numbers have fallen every year too. So like his stuff is just a little weird and it, it, it comes down to his fastball. Like his fastball has lost a lot of ride. So he has solid off speed stuff, but, um, his, his rookie year, he had a nice slider and then his fastball sort of rode the other way. But after that season, his fastball is kind of straightened out. So there's sort of only one movement coming. It's either straight or it's breaking like his slider or his curveball. Whereas his rookie season, he had sort of things moving both ways. So Jace Tingler, 
Twins' new bench coach this year was the Padres' manager last year. So the fact that the Twins are targeting this guy gives me a little bit of hope, thinking that Tingler, I mean, he saw him for 25 starts last season. Like, he he knows what he's getting into. So I would think there's some optimism that, you know, get him in the Twins' pitching staff, get him with the, the pitching gurus they have, and maybe they can tweak some stuff with his fastball. I don't know. So if they can get his fastball moving again, he's sort of a big upside swing. But I think the Padres know that. So the the price might be high. It might be like Taylor Rogers and Trevor Larnick is what I've seen. Oh, that's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot to gamble on. Can you... Yeah, but if it's just a like kind of a minor mechanical switch that you can make and you feel confident that you can make it and get like a legit guy and he's that young, could be worth it. The advanced metrics still thing- say his off-speed stuff is like plus like 80th percentile and better. So like it's still really good. It's just fastball is decent, but go ahead, Connor. I was going to say, I think one thing that's like a little nerve wracking is I think the twins have like extreme confidence in themselves, like being able to develop, you know, they talk a lot about like one pitch, you know, where like um, some of the bullpen guys that the twins had in 2019 and we'll go back there of like, they could bring out one pitch in a guy and then like he starts. Like Matt Whistler in 2020 where he just threw sliders. Exactly. And so like, I'm a little nervous that their confidence make be overconfidence. And like, if we give away Rogers and Larnick that, and this guy doesn't pan out, that seems like it kind of sucks. Cause it feels like Larnick is close and Rogers is, am I crazy to say he's our best bullpen arm? Feels like he no, is. No, not crazy. Yeah. He's, he's tough. Yeah. So it would, it would be a huge bummer if we gave him up and he didn't pan out. But, um, obviously those are the risks you have to take to like better your roster too. Talk about a gauntlet too of a division that he was pitching in. That the, the NL West is just a, a wagon of a division. So, <laughs> I mean, potentially, like you think the Central is better this year than it was in 2019. It obviously is, but it's nowhere near as tough a division as the NL West. Is the, is the Do- Dodgers and Giants on one hand, Royals and Guardians on the other <laughs> hand. Do you think is the Central the worst division this year? Like the 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 guardians are going to be very bad. Right. And like the, the tigers are going to be middle of the pack. The Royals will be below average us. And then the white Sox will be good. Is that right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. The tigers will be good or bad, depending on if their young players are ready right away. Like they have a couple top prospects that are debuting. So you never know with rookies, like if they come mm-hmm. on bursting onto the scene, like they're in their primes, then yeah, they're going to be probably like a, a 500 team. But if, they come out of the gate slow, then they might be more like a 72-win team. Is there a worse division in, in baseball, do you think, Dalton? Like, is the AL West worst? The AL Central's in contention. I don't know if there's there's another worse one, but it would it's definitely up there. You could make an argument. It's, it's the worst in baseball. More reason why we need to make the playoffs this year, right? Yeah. You could almost say, like, wh- where's the NL Central at, too? Like... Yeah, they've changed a lot. Because they have, I mean, you just have the Pirates in their in that division. It's just <laughs> like the ultimate anchor team is the Pirates. They're spending. Have you seen the spending numbers? Their their payroll is thirty five million, maybe a touch less. And you have like Dodgers spending two hundred and twenty million dollars this year. It's laughably ridiculous. Did you see the graphic that has um, Max Scherzer is like making more than the Guardians and the I think it's like the Ori- Orioles Guardians. And obviously the pirates, like they're all making spending less than he's making this year. Crazy, crazy stuff. If you I would burn target field to the ground. If that if you, agreed. If you are the head of the players association, you lost this lockout. Like you just yeah. lost. If that's still allowed, that's ridiculous. But that is not what we are talking about today. We're keeping it twins. We're keeping it positive potentially. Um, <laughs> we will move on from there. Those are our expectations. We've got Connor saying playoff or bust and Dalton saying, get me in the hunt. Um, I'll just tweak mine in here quick. Just now that there's 12 teams making the playoffs on each side. Um, I think the twins, I'm kind of with Connor, not fully playoff or bust, but they need to make the playoffs. I think they need to be one of those six wild cards or whatever it is. So um, from there, we will move on. First of all, we'd like to welcome in our fourth and favorite member of the podcast, Shout out. Lucas Hansen. Hey, fellas. Good evening. Thanks for letting me on. God be with you. And also with you. Getting Happy into some you. twins talk, huh? 
twins talk baby all twins talk and it's good now we've got a we've got an official baseball coach entering oh. the discussion in luke santon he still got his uh his quarter zip windbreaker over the hoodie the ultimate baseball coach look um okay so we've done expectations we're going to move into a new segment and we are calling it bullish or bearish bullish or bearish bullish or bearish this one is in honor of our sweet prince shang ping yang he actually i think i should say dr shang ping yang at this point um he was uh one of my professors dalton i think had him too Dalton's in college idol, he was perhaps dalton's best friend um he Okay. He was he was my investments professor, um, and he had this thing that he loved to do in the middle of class where he would just say a stock and pick a kid and go, bullish or bearish, bullish or bearish, bullish or bearish. And he would put you on the spot, and you'd have to say whether, you not, whether or not you're bullish, which you, means you think it's going to go up, or bearish, you think it's going to go down. And then he would, if you say bullish, he'd go to somebody else and see what they say. And he'd pull about four people in the span of like 15 seconds. And then he would pull up the stock and go through a full analysis of it and tell everybody why they were wrong. Um, it was the ultimate sweaty armpits segment of one of the toughest classes at Gustavus. So this one's for you, Dr. Shang Ping Yang. Um, so bullish or bearish, I'm going to give you guys about five, six different statements and you're going to tell me whether or not you are bullish which means you believe in it or bearish you think it's not going to happen make sense roger perfect perfect okay we will start here our first one is miguel sano hits 29 plus home runs in 2022 connor we'll start with you bullish bearish I am going to go bullish on this one. Ooh. Uh, I, I, you know, looking at some of his numbers, 2019, I think, was the only year that he hit over 30 home runs. And the balls were juiced. Uh, so the science is out on that one. Now, in 2020, he only played in thir- or, sorry, only played in 50 games, had 13 home runs. So if you extrapolate it out, it looks like he maybe could have hit that. But I'm just not confident in Sano right now. I think... A little sour puss from last season where I felt like last season he was kind of going to break out a little bit and uh, and get it going. And so I think I'm a little sour on Sano still. The strikeout numbers are obviously you just take the good with the bad. But if we can't get above those 30 home runs, which I just don't see, it's going to be a bad season for Miguel. Connor not buying into the reports that Miguel is down 20 pounds and in the best shape of his life. Yeah. Um, it, not buying the hype 18, 19, 20 which year is that? <laughs> year. all right Connor's bearish Dalton I'll go to you I'll buy Connor's stock I'm bullish I all think right. he's going over 29 I think the lost weight he's going to be a little quicker at the plate and you know you might worry is he going to hit the ball as far but think about Miguel Snow home runs they're always like 800 feet like trip third deck like I'm okay if they're maybe a little bit shorter but he's hitting the ball a little more consistently and over his last 57 games last year, he hit 252, 15 home runs. That's a 44 home run pace. I think he's kind of settled into what he is. I think he's going to go over 29 home runs this year. Beautiful. Okay, Lucas, I'm going to throw it to you. So we've got a bullish, we've got a bearish. Before you go, 29 is his average in the four seasons he's played 100 plus games. Lucas, are you bullish or bearish? I am bullish i'm all in on miggy this year i think to uh some people's dismay we saw byron buxton kind of explode last year he's finally living up to the hype i think miggy's it's miggy's turn i think miggy's gonna have a good year i'm i'm all in on miguel sano i saw him hit a bomb big old bomba in spring training the other day i'm all in on miggy it's his time baby Beautiful. All in. Um, okay. So we've got a consensus bullish on Miguel Sano hitting 29 plus home runs. We'll hope he can make it an even 30 at least. Okay. We'll move on to our next one. Is Max Kepler going to have an OPS above 798? We'll go... 
Dalton first. It's a no bullish for me, bearish? bearish. Bearish. I think Max Kepler was exposed last year, and I think Twins fans started to realize that he's a bit of a fraud and 2019 was an outlier. And I think now the Twins have options behind Max Kepler. I think before he was the young outfielder who had a lot of promise. Now he's the outfielder who pops out a lot and doesn't hit the ball very hard. So I think with Kirilov, with Trevor Larnick, if he's still on the roster, with Jose Miranda, who's a stud, usually an infielder, but could play outfield, triple-A guy kind of knocking at the door, ready to ready to play. Miranda hit 344 with 30 bombs last year, low strikeout rate, high walk rate. I think Kepler's got a short leash this year, so I'm, I'm going he's going to be off the team by the end of the season. Whoa, okay. That I was a lot. <laughs> is he going to get off by all-star break, Dalt? Yeah, I think he'll be dealt. I think of, of all players most likely to be dealt for maybe pitching or anything at the off at the uh, trade deadline, I think Kepler might be a little throw-in the deal. I didn't know if you were saying he was like going to get caught in the season. Just cut him, yeah. <laughs> send him back to Germany. See ya. <laughs> okay. Dalton is bearish. I don't think anybody's surprised if our blog still existed. There is a scathing article about Max <laughs> Kepler's advanced stats. I wish you could all go and read it right now. Maybe we'll just tweet it line by line. It was beautiful. Um, so I will go to Lucas next. But before I do, I'll tell you how we got to the 798 number. Love it. Max Kepler splits his time between corner outfield and center field. As we all know, it's usually either to give Buxton rest or Buxton's hurt for 50 games. Either way, we see Kepler in center quite a bit. Um, so 798 is the average of the league average corner outfielder over the last three seasons has an OPS of 819. And the league average for a center fielder over the last three seasons has an OPS of 777. So 798 is the middle of those two numbers. So that's how we got there. Lucas, are you bullish or bearish? I am in full agreement with Dalton. Bearish. Um, <clears throat> you know, especially if Max is going to be split in time between center, he's going to be exhausted doing that extra run into that center field. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a little bit longer of a throw for him too to warm up. He's going to be, his arm is going to be falling noodle. sore. Uh, but in all seriousness, he has only hit over 800 OPS or he's only had an OPS of over 800 once in that 2019 season. Uh, so I just don't see it happening. Doesn't see it happening. Okay, Connor, I will have you. You don't get to break a tie, but you can still think for yourself. Kepler's career adjusted OPS, which means I took out, he had one year that was kind of an outlier, um, is 755. Are you bullish or bearish on Kepler's OPS being above 798? Yeah, it's a clean sweep. I was literally going to bring up that exact same stat to support the clean sweep. Uh, 755 and 798's not in the cards. Not in the cards, like folks. MVP caliber this year now. <laughs> yeah, not with that arm. Okay. So, I... The point being, I think Dalton has a good point. If he can't be league average in an important stat for outfield hitting, he is a guy that we should move. So I'm glad you got there, Dalton. But we will move on. Our next bullish or bearish, bullish or bearish. Joe Ryan is the pegged opening day starter. Are you bullish or bearish on him being the Twins ace all season long? Lucas, I'll start with you. Bullish or bearish? I am bearish on this one. Um, I just don't think that with the history of the Twins rotation, there's bound to be some injuries. Hopefully not, but um, <clears throat> that could be one reason why he's not going to be the starter or the number one at the end of the year. Also, I'm hoping for a nice season. I think we get, hypothetically, we get to the playoffs. I think they bump someone like Chris Archer or Sonny Gray, probably more likely, or if Kenta's back, I think they bump them into the one seed with someone with a little more experience. If we, you know, get into that one, uh, one or done or whatever the, I don't think those are a thing anymore. Sorry, but new rules throwing me off. Um, but no, I think they go with someone with more experience. If we get into the tight race or into the playoffs towards the end of the year. Lucas is bearish based on experience. Connor bullish or bearish Joe Ryan twins ace. 
I'm bullish. All I right. Think that I'd be. I, I I've been on the, the take that I don't know if the Twins are going to sign a uh, a big pitcher before uh, before this thing gets going. I think he's going to actually have a nice season. Um, looking at some of his minor league stats, which are always super reflective of how they'll compete in the major leagues. Um, dude's a strikeout king, which I like a lot. I mean, if you look at the 2019 season uh, in minor league playing in, in high A ball and double A ball, 123 innings, 183. Yes, 183 strikeouts. Averaging, what is it? I think 11 per nine. Yeah, sign me up for that. Um, so I think he's going to come out here, and I think he's going to have a good season. And honestly, I just think it's a twofold where the twin starting rotation just isn't that strong, and I think he's going to be the best of the bunch. It's one of those situations of would you rather be the worst of the best or the best of the worst? He's going to end up being the best of the worst is kind of what I'm thinking. Big fish, small pond, small fish, big pond, right, Connor? Bingo. Awesome. I like awesome. that. I like that. Uh, Dalton, chance to break the tie. Joe Ryan, Twins ace, bullish or bearish? Bullish or bearish. It's tough to define like number one pitcher throughout a season. You know, there's like the opening day. And then after that, it's like, who's the number one? Who's the number one? So I'm probably bearish on him being the best pitcher that the twins have. If we're going to, if we're going to go by that, I think Sonny Gray is going to have a little bit of a better season, but like Connor mentioned, Joe Ryan strikeout guy. He struck out over 10 guys per nine innings in his brief minor or major league stint last year. Um, I just want to say like, we give the twins front office, a lot of crap for not signing pitchers, but the Joe Ryan trade could go down as one of the best twins trades of all time. Like they traded half a season of Nelson Cruz hitting 226 for six seasons of Joe Ryan, like a rookie starting opening day. We're going to get six years of that. Like that's an incredible trade value. So got to give a little props to the twins front office. Like if they also got drew Strotman, who's going to start the season at double a as a pitcher, like if they get anything out of him, that's gravy. Cause what they've got out of Joe Ryan, like that's a a plus plus trade there. I feel like right now, though, we are talking like Joe Ryan's going to be successful. And like, there's still a chance with only like 26 major league innings that he doesn't turn out. So just because he's an, a, an opening day starter doesn't mean he's good, like for the record, right? Like, that should be a disclaimer that we put out there. But if he does pan out like we think he's going to, you're exactly right, Dalt. What a haul. Beautifully said. Okay, we'll move on to our next one. Bullshit Bearish. Jorge Polanco is an all-star. Dalton, we'll start with you. Bullish or bearish? Bullish or bearish? I'm going to go bearish here because I think Correa and Buxton have huge potential to get all-star votes this year. And it's going to be tough to get three all-stars from Minnesota for an average team. There are a lot of good second basemen in the AL, Marcus Simeon, Jose Altuve, DJ LeMayhew. So I'm going to say bearish on Polanco being an all-star this year. Bearish on Polanco. Okay, Lucas, I'll throw it to you. Before I do, Polanco had a notably slow start last season, but he got things cooking by the time the Twins were out of contention. He had 28 of his 33 home runs after June 1st. 24 of his 35 doubles came after that date. 77 of his 98 RBIs came after that date. And 118 of his 158 hits came after that date. Lucas, will he have a better start this year? Bullish or bearish, Jorge Polanco, all-star. I'm going bearish as well. Uh, He really hasn't been the same player. It doesn't seem like, I mean, obviously he had flashes, but he's he's had a lot of injuries um, that have kind of, they haven't necessarily kept him off the field, but he hasn't been kind of that same player. Um, Also, it makes me wonder personally, you know, that PED little thing, we'll, we'll sweep that aside, but... I mean, it clearly probably helped them a little bit. So I am going bearish. <laughs> Maybe enhance his performance. Tough to say. Um, but I think Dalton, he made the point that I was going to make as well, that some of the second basemen in the in the AL are just the, the names above anything else are going to get him there over, over Jorge Polanco, I think. I think one thing to point out, though, is he did have, if, unless I'm reading this wrong, he had like 33 home runs last year, right? Yep, and 33 home runs, 100 RBIs, 100 runs scored. He had a good season, and I think it just yeah. got swept under the rug. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm still going to go with the hell bearish on this one. <laughs> kind of like bearish. Um, I, I don't think it's in the cards this year, but I do think it's worth pointing out that Isaiah, great question. Because I think before looking at the stats this morning, I was like, oh, this is a dumb question. And then you look at his last season, and you're like, Wow, he actually did a lot of things right. It's just 
gets lost in the shuffle when your team sucks. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure like there's tons of players like that, but 33 bombs, 98 RBIs. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good season. 35 doubles. Even that's, that's from a, a second baseman from a second baseman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I'm I asked it bearish bearish all around. I asked it because Dalton was the guy beating the drum last year, midway through the season, telling us Polanco's having a good year. I promise. I promise. I promise he's having a good year. Um, but nobody was watching at that point. We're all getting tan, baby. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Bullish or bearish? Byron Buxton plays 75-plus games this season. 75. I'll, I'll spill the numbers early on this one. 75 is his career average for games played. And I, would, I did him a favor. I took out his 2015 season. He got called up in June, um, played about 40 games. But guess what? He didn't get sent down. He got hurt that year. So 75 plus or minus Byron Buxton. Lucas, as the Byron Buxton guy on this podcast. Love me some Byron. Are you bullish or are you bearish on 75 plus games played? I am bullish. Byron is, I think he's really coming around, obviously, right? He's figuring it out. He's starting to live up the hype. But the biggest thing for me, he secured the bag. He's got the contract. He doesn't need to go flying around, showing off, trying to do everything he can to showcase every pure ounce of athleticism and baseball ability he has to secure that next contract because he's already got it. He's going to be smarter, I think, I hope. He's going to stay in the lineup. He's going to just be an all-around better baseball player and a better player on the team. Better teammate, team guy, stay on the field, Byron. Put that on a poster. Better human? He runs into a wall to make a catch. So yeah, I think you're right on that, Lou. Got the kind of as he sensed though, he's learning. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's learning. Okay, Lucas is bullish. Bullish, bullish, bullish. Sorry, Lucas is bullish. Love to see it. All right, Connor, bullish or bearish? Baron Buxton, seventy-five games. I'm gonna actually be bullish on this one as well. I'm on Lucas's team here, so I think one one thing that is a struggle for me is do I think he's gonna do it or do I really really want him to do it? That's kind of where I'm struggling right now. So I'm leaning towards yes. Um, one thing about him playing in games is I was looking at some of the stats, and one thing that if he does get in 75 or more games this year, I think reducing his number of strikeouts to less than one per game, I think that would be a huge move for him this year. Get the ball and play more. Hopefully that leads to more, more hits, not just ground outs to short. But um, uh, I think that's that could be a big move for him this year if he can get in over seventy five games, um, reducing the strikeouts along with that bodes well. All right, we're bullish with uh, extra little cherry on top from Connor. Yep, Dalton bullish or bearish? Byron Buxton seventy five plus games. I think Byron is going to play a Bucks ton of games this year. Oh, (laughs) nice. (laughs) Zing. Yeah, let's go. Bullish all around, mostly because I just want him to play because he Mm -hmm. is the most exciting player in MLB. If you remember that statement from last year, (laughs) I'm sticking with it. Well, fraud. Here's here's what it's going to be, boys. Watch it. 76 games. We're taken to the streets. Uh, I, I think this is a factor of two things on the clean sweep. One, 75 just feels like an absurdly low number. It is absurdly low. You can't wrap your brain around that number being so low, but it is his career average. Also, if you have any ounce of fandom in you, you have to go bullish on this. You absolutely have to. If you don't, pack it up. Don't watch the season. All right, moving on. This one is... A little weird, but we're going to do it. Bullish or bearish, who has a better year-over-year personal comp? Sonny Gray or Chris Archer? So just tell me which guy you're bullish on. Who's going to have a better 2022 compared to their 2021 season? Dalton, I'll start with you. Bullish or bearish on Sonny Gray or Chris Archer? I'm going to go with with Sonny Gray because I'm really down on Chris Archer. I think Archer is washed. I think the Twins signed him to hopefully get like eight starts out of him. Get eight starts out of him and they can promote someone else to take his spot. But I don't think Chris Archer is going to have a great season. So by default, I'm taking Sonny Gray. 
the Matt Shoemaker of this year, huh? <laughs> we scrubbed that one from our memories, Lou. We'll go to you. Bullshit Parish, Chris Archer, or Sonny Gray, your for your comp. Uh, yeah, um, I'm going to go Sonny Gray bullish as well because uh, he just feels way more relevant in the world of baseball. Like Dalton said, I totally forgot who Chris Archer was after he left, left Tampa. Um, Sonny Gray, I knew he was out there. I'm I'm just going to go, yeah, Sonny Gray. I But for the record, when they signed Sonny Gray, I, in my gut, was like, this guy is washed. Dalton, very soonly after, pointed out to me he was not, so I went and looked it up. Not quite as washed as I thought, so I gotta stick. <laughs> gotta stick my Sunny on that one. What does "not quite as washed as I thought" mean? Does that is that kind of like his stats like, weren't as bad as I was expecting? Gotcha, gotcha. All right. <laughs> Remember, guys, we are talking year over year comp to themselves. Chris Archer had an abysmal twenty twenty one. He was playing in double triple A for a good part of the season for multiple mm-hmm. teams. So before I. I'm not going to try to sway anything, but Connor, bullish or bearish, Chris Archer, year over year comp. Yeah, I I looked when I was looking at the stats, I was like, oh no, I'm looking for major league stats. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so that's how much I knew about Chris Archer. But I still think he just sucks at baseball. So I think I'm I'm, I'm going to stick with the group and go with Sonny Gray. I think Chris Archer is was just a was a wild move by the by the Twins, like. It it sounds fun and like if it's twenty fifteen, that's a huge signing, but right now it just isn't. And it'd be sick if we're wrong, but um I hope the Saints are ready for Chris Archer to be starting here in about three weeks. So Hey, Ooh. if he's wearing the tall socks, uh the stirrups, Lou and I, I know we'll be at CHS watching we'll him. Here's a quick one. Bullish or bearish. Chris Archer the number one Saints pitcher by the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bullish on no, I'm there. <laughs> you might not even be the number one there. Who knows? Big yikes. Okay. Good one, um, all right. We will do a quick little speed round, mystery speed round to end it. It is the Masters 2022 this weekend, starting tomorrow. We're gonna do Yeah, you guessed it. Some Tiger Woods bullish or bearish. First question, bullish or bearish on Tiger Woods staying healthy through all of the rounds that he plays, whatever number of rounds that is. Connor. It, will will he be driving himself to and from the course? Because that's going to play a factor <laughs> in mine. Is it too soon for that joke? Uh, I think because he's playing, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> that feels good then. I feel better. Um, I'm going to say I am bearish on that one because i think even if he plays bad he might go towards the injury bug you know what i mean he'll play okay he'll call it the injury lucas golf guy bullish or bearish tiger woods stays healthy uh i think he's going to stay healthy bullish um he's a crazy competitor and he clearly was doing anything everything he could to get back to this moment so i think no matter what he's gotten it out beautiful dalton bullish or bearish I think Tiger is out of the woods. I'm bullish. All right. Beautiful. Okay. Moving on. We're just going to progress up here, folks. We're going to find out where you're at. Bullish or bearish, Tiger Woods makes the cut. Lucas, starting with you. Bullish. He knows Augusta better than almost anyone. He's making that cut. Dalton, bullish or bearish, Woods makes the cut. Bearish. Bearish. All right, Connor, last one. This is his 24th Masters appearance. He has made all but one of his previous Masters cuts. Bullish or bearish, Woods makes the cut. I think he's going to be spending too much time at the titty bar to make the uh, cut. So <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> He's a changed man, Connor. <laughs> all right. All right. Jesus. These are Bear. now just, just for Lucas because... You two are out. You don't think he's making the cut. Lucas, bullish or bearish, Woods is in the 100K club, meaning he finishes top 25 or better. Make it rain. Do you happen to know how many contestants there are? How many enter? Contestants. You're welcome to the price (laughs) is right. The price is right. Um, (laughs) Bullish or bearish? Bullish. Bullish. I'm a Tiger guy. Come on, Tiger. He's moving on. He's moving on. Great. 
Yes. Did you see the drive chart? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. He hit the he hit the, the picker too. Every Beautiful. kid's dream. I don't Beautiful. think you can say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bullish or bearish, Lucas. Tiger Woods will be in the top 10 finishers of the 2022 Masters Tournament. You're in bearish. 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 Gosh, bearish. Right. That's right. just too far. There's okay. the line. That's, I would we love to the see line, it, folks. But we I found just, the line. It's not going to happen, I don't think. Not going to happen. All he right. already had his magic win. Wow. You only get one magic win if you're Tiger Woods. And he's had about 20 of them. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was great. That was bullish or bearish. Once again, shout out to Dr. Shang Ping Yang, the ultimate beauty. Um, we will move on from that. We're going to play a little game. It is a little adaptation of top 20 trivia. So, in preparation of this week, everybody's getting all their stuff out. Preseason things. We're doing it. All the big ESPN is doing it. CBS is doing it. The Athletic is doing it. All the biggest names in sports are getting their prospectuses out. So, The Athletic put out a top 125 hitters list in the MLB tiers. So they have 125 people broken up into five different tiers. The game is there are four Twins players on this list. You will get a point if you can guess a name of a player. You'll get an additional point if you can accurately put them in their tier. Does that make sense? Yes. Do the tiers have names or anything? Or is it one, just tier two, one, two, three, four, five? Okay. <laughs> one being okay. the best. No. Right? Okay. They actually do have names. So this might help. Tier one. It's tier one is franchise player. Tier two. MVP caliber player. Tier three is all star. Tier four is top starter. And tier five is above average. Okay. Do you want me to just throw out a name or two from each tier to kind of help you frame it? No. I'd be willing to do that if you guys want. No. Nope. We just want to roll from the hip. Okay. Again, you just get a point if you're right. If, you're, if you get the name right, but you get the tier wrong, you're still in. If you get a name wrong, you're out. We're just going to go quick on this one. Sound and good? There's, there's four correct answers. So there's eight possible points available in the game. Lucas, since you showed up late, I'll let you go first on Olive Branch. Oh, this is tough. It's almost harder to go first, I think. Nope. <laughs> no, it's not. It's certainly yeah. eight. Okay, Lucas. Any guesses? Uh, yeah, let's go Carlos Correa in the... Franchise. Oh. You get a point. Carlos Correa is correct. Where are you going to put him? I'm going to put him in the franchise. Which tier, tier was one. that? What number? Tier one. one. Tier one. Okay. There is now a point available to be stolen. Just kidding. We're not going to do that. Um, he is not a franchise player. He is there listed is in first, tier folks. two MVP caliper. Man, caliber. Back and forth. Caliber. Yep. Okay. Dalton, we're going to go to you. So Lucas has one point. Who do you think is on this list? Dalton. Byron Buxton, tier three. Ding, 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 ding. Dalton gets two points. Dalton's at two. All right. Send me the list too. Like. <laughs> we will move to Connor. There are two names left on the list. <sighs> I'm going to go with Louisa Rise, and I'm going to go with above average. And you are wrong on both accounts. So Connor is out of the rest of the game. Lucas, we go back to you. There are still two names available. I'm going to go Gary Sanchez in tier five. All right. <laughs> Dalton, I'll throw it to you. You've won the game. Two to one to zero. Congrats. Way to go. Congratulations. Do you want to try to guess any more? 
on this list. Jorge Polanco, tier four, is my guess. You had, we'll give you a third point. Jorge Polanco is on the list. He is in the same tier as Byron Buxton. Wow, let's go. Um, yep, yep. Um, and then any last guess for the, the last guy? Dalton, I'll let you go I one had more. A, I had a rise, but I is, guess he's it, not there. Kepler in the fifth tier? If it's Kepler, Connor. I quit. Yeah, Kepler? What? Oh my God. This is why <laughs> national media is so crap. Have they watched a single Twins game in the last two years? Max Kepler's not above average in anything. All right, whatever. That's Here's fine. I'm not, thing, mad. Like, I'm not mad. So, so, like, I feel as though Luis Arise is a way better hitter than Max Kepler. Is what is Max crazy? Kepler good at? Looking good. Um, I So, it sounds like, to me, the people at The Athletic did not read Dalton's article. Yeah, they must have uh, missed that one. Yeah, definitely must have missed that one. I, I thought somebody over there would have read it at least. Uh, once again, we'll try to get that one back out into the into the metaverse okay so that was a that was a uh fun little game to get That's us fired infuriating. up <laughs> okay so we will wrap the podcast with the 2022 twins superlative awards um we're gonna go fairly quick through these but say your thing and we'll move and then a little backup for them but move kind of quickly through these so keep um, it moving boys yes exactly so we're going to start with our first superlative it is most home runs Dalton who do you think is going to have the most home runs this year great question Isaiah I'm going to say Jorge Polanco his last two healthy seasons he's been team MVP like we mentioned earlier 33 home runs I think he's going to hit the ball well again this year why not let's keep it rolling keep the good times going Connor most home runs Probably not. No, <laughs> no I actually, uh, I'm going to go with Byron Buxton here. Breakout season. Power guy. Bada bing, bada boom. Lucas, most home runs. I am going Miggy Sano. Uh, bullish on him earlier. I think, like okay. I mentioned, I think he has a breakout year. He's living up to the hype like Byron now. Love it. Love it. Okay. Who is the 2022 most improved player? Connor, starting with you. I think it's going to be a Kirloff, a little bit of a breakout season for him. So I'm going to say that this is the year that he solidifies himself. You know, I guess that's maybe, maybe he already has, but I think he's really going to make himself a staple in the corner outfield this year. Beautiful. Dalton, most improved player. Kind of a weird one because he hit 294 last year. I'm going Luis Arise. I think Arise has a legit shot at winning the AL batting title this year. He only DH'd four games last year. And this year, the DH spot's wide open. He's got the knees of a 70-year-old. I think he's going to end up DHing a lot of games. It's going to keep him healthier. He's not going to be battling knee injuries all season. He's going to have legs. He's going to hit the ball well all season. Nice. Okay. Lucas, who's your most improved player? Uh, yeah, this is going to be a bit of an obscure one, but I'm going Gio Urshela. He had a great 2019, and he's kind of fallen off, and I think uh, I've been really in on him. I, I was really happy with that part of the trade. Um, I think he's, yeah, I think he's going to have a big year. Great. Fantastic. Okay. That builds into the team MVP. Lucas, will spin it right back to you. Who is the team MVP this year? Uh, yeah, when I said Urshela having a big year, he's having a real big year, boys. I got him as my MVP. My God. All right. Hey, we're talking about the dear, Twins, not the St. Paul Saints, kid. You're into this kid, baby. Guess what? Uh, nobody's going to remember it if you're wrong, except Casey Lewandowski will tweet at you every time he does bad. And I expect it, Casey. All right. <laughs> <laughs> going around, back around the horn. Who's your MVP this year? Safe pick. I think it's Correa. He had the Ooh. second most war in the AL last year behind Shohei, who's had double war of everybody. Um, and he, great offensive player. He had 21 defensive runs saved last year. I think Correa is going to be outstanding so long as he stays healthy this year. We're cheating nice. this year, huh? It's kind uh, of there might be some more cheating coming out. With There's a Yankee thing coming. Uh, all right. Connor, MVP. 
I echo Dalton's comment. I th- I think if it isn't Carlos Correa that we should sell the team and look into getting Major League Lacrosse because he's our guy, which sucks for me to hear, but he's the MVP. Let's go. Come on. Nice. I like it. So you'd go lacrosse over just leaning into the, the loons? Oh, yeah. We need we need the big five, you know. Okay. Okay. Excuse me, Link. <laughs> We're going to go to the pitchers. Who is the Twins Cy Young? We are dubbing this the Brad Radke Award. Dalton, who's your Brad Radke Award winner? Twin Cy Young. If you put Brad Radke in one of those medieval torture devices that stretches people apart, what do you get? You get Bailey Ober. Ober, really low walk rate, good strikeout rate, developed a new slider midway through last season and had really good success within his last 10 starts, ERA in the mid threes. I think he's just going to be consistent. He's going to make 25 starts. He's going to have an ERA probably around four, but he's going to be really consistent. And I think that's going to be enough. Fantastic. Connor, going to you. Twin Cy Young. Well, I'd like to start this one, off, this one off with saying that I don't think we talk enough about the losses the twin season the twins had in the offseason. I don't know if my my front runner was William Zastadios, four innings pitch, two point two five ERA last year. Um, so that's frustrating. It's another one that kind of it's kind of a big poppy situation, but from a pitching standpoint, the one you let get away. Uh, my Cy Young as a default is Joe Ryan. Young kid, let's do this. Six great years, Dalt. Come on. Six great years. Six more years. Six more years for you. I love it. Leaning into the superlatives. That was a yearbook. <laughs> that was back in the yearbook, Connor. All right, Lucas, finish it off. Who's your twin Cy Young? Uh, I'm going Taylor Rogers. I think he's really going to settle into a very specific closer role this year, build off some of the success he's had. And... I really think we're going to be in a lot of close games this year because of the starting pitching. And I think he's going to need to step up and he's going to deliver and be a really good closer for us. Beautiful. All right. We are moving on to our last one. We're going to combine two. It's the biggest surprise slash your hottest take. Lucas, you can sit this one out. You already gave us yours. Dalton, we'll start with you. My biggest surprise was going to be Gio Urshela just being like solid, but apparently that's not a surprise to Lou. <laughs> so my, my biggest surprise slash hot take, I think by season end, uh, Joan Duran, the rookie pitcher for the Twins, is going to be their closer. He throws 100 miles per hour. He's got a really good slider. He has a splinker, which is a combo of a splitter and a sinker. That's really nasty. I think I like he's going to be our closer splinker. by season end. Splinker sounds. I don't know if you're allowed to say that. We might have to blurt that out. <laughs> uh, so that one kind of, uh, that's going to be tough for you, Lou, if that comes into fruition. That's your Taylor Rogers take. Just got a lot worse if yeah, that's shit. right. But hey, I got a lot of, I got a lot Talk. of out there ones tonight. It's a Just hot take. Out predictions. I don't, I don't exactly. know what's going to Yeah, exactly. You won the Nelson Cruz trade already. Don't worry, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Connor, what's your biggest um, prize? Hottest take. My hottest take is the Twins are going to lose 90 games this year. Come on. <laughs> this whole time you've been building me up. Wow. Such a f- wow. That was well done. Well you done, Connor. <laughs> that's, the, that's what you call the slow play, folks. He slow played you, Dalt. See you next week, folks. Enjoy your week. Go Twins. <laughs> All right, all right. Lucas is begging to get another hot take in here. I got it. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I got a couple. They're doing away with the Cubans. All right, first one. First one. I will not hate Carlos Correa by the end of the year. Oh, okay, but no, I have a real one. I have another real one. Um, I think Ryan Jeffers is going to catch more games than Gary Sanchez. Oh, nice. That's a good we'll take. Finally, one that's reasonable. Yeah, I thought I'd save a real one for for you know, <laughs> Lucas's mildest take. <laughs> Surprisingly, all right. Well, that was a lot of fun, guys. Uh, that was your 2022 Twins prospectus. Is that the right word, Dalton? Let's do it. Yeah, beautiful. He's got the vocabulary. I'm just trying to emulate him. Uh, this has been the Mini Market Podcast. If you liked anything we said, if you didn't like anything we said, tweet at us. Yeah, we love the hate, Casey. Pour it on, baby. We'll see you next week. Go Wolves. Peace. Six more years. Six more years.
I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life.